Welcome to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the members of the Long Island Professional Network, where business professionals come to grow. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Mara Loeschner, Marketing and Communications Consultant and Podcast Producer for Smith Douglas Associates. If you are an insurance agent, banker, mortgage broker, or any company regulated by the New York Department of Financial Services, you've probably heard of 23NYCRR 500, also known as the NYDFS Cybersecurity Regulation. These set of rules are now in full effect after a two-year transition period. Tom Nose from Datasoft Now and a member of the Long Island Professional Network has been working with several organizations to ensure their compliance. And he has an important message for those who think that these regulations can be ignored. Thank you for joining us today. There is a lot of things going on with cybersecurity now, and I'm told New York State has a particularly tough regulation when it comes for cybersecurity for certain organizations. What is that about? So New York State has implemented back in April of 2017, it's called the MYCRR Part 500 Regulation. And what that is, it's requiring any company that is registered with the New York State Department of Financial Services to abide by certain cybersecurity rules and regulations. Two specific have a written cybersecurity information policy. And the, the industries that are actually covered, who basically does register with MIDFS are banks, insurance, trust, budget planners, check cashers, credit unions, licensed lenders, and mortgage brokers. There are more to that list. If you are registered, you have to abide by these regulations. There are exemptions, but you have to read the rules and regulations to understand if you are what they call exempt from it, but you should have already filed that by March 1st of 2019. What kind of companies are exempt and are they exempt for the entire regulation or just parts of it? That's a good question and here's the reason why. So if you're a company that has fewer than 10 employees, makes less than $5 million or has $10 million in annual gross assets, then you are exempt. This is where the problem comes in because most small companies in New York State don't come anywhere near that. The problem is, is that they are associated, they're either a vendor or partnered with anything like that to a larger corporation. Insurance is actually a very good example of this. So an insurance company like Allstate, let's just say, right? Allstate is registered as a master company in the state of New York. They have to abide by the MYDFS regulations. Part of that regulation is what they call a third party policy. And what that does is that means any vendor that Allstate does business with has to have pushed down the regulations down to those vendors. Those vendors are the Allstate small or agents that we all work with. So now they have to abide by the MYDFS rules and regulations. So that's how it works. These companies are exempt, but if you're a third party, you have to abide by these rules and regulations. 
and those companies those agents they actually have to have a third-party policy and push it down to the other agents or if they're farming out business to other insurance companies those agents have to abide by the rules and regulations and actually you have to get a letter of compliance from those companies to say we are certified what if people just sign a letter saying yeah we're compliant and they're not this is where there has been a grace period and there really hasn't been any any anybody coming down on anybody where the problem comes if you do have a data breach let's just say without anybody coming to you and say did you do really do this and you have a data breach you have an obligation to report it to the local authorities to the New York State Department of Financial Services uh, and to the notification of the end user that was affected and also the insurance company that you're doing business with, the vendor that you are a vendor of. It was that the 72-hour law I heard about that That's you correct. needed to contact within 72, within 72 hours? hours. Actually, part of it depends on how bad it is. Sometimes it is 24 hours, but 72 hours is what everybody goes by. But let me just go over some of these penalties. With a problem with this is that the NYDFS really doesn't say these are the penalties. What they're using is the banking law as a benchmark. And the way the banking laws work, if you have a violation, it's $2,500 per day during which the violation continues. So if you did not abide by the rules and regulations, and let's just say you have a one of the rules and regulations is what they call an access control policy and your passwords are very simple like the word password and you don't fix that the day of the violation and maybe for two weeks later you will be fined two thousand five hundred dollars a day that that was not corrected now that's a very small issue if you haven't done the password there are probably 20 more like that and then if you are found reckless in what i just said where you said if i sign something that said that i am compliant and i'm not then it's fifteen thousand dollars per day until you are so the fines are very very steep so if i'm a small insurance agent and I get the document saying, are you compliant? And I just sign off and say, oh yeah, sure I am. Yeah, they actually will get sign or certificate to say that we are compliant and the owner of the business has to sign off. And just to be clear, it's not the corporation that is liable. This is the owner of the company. There is no corporate veil here. And it goes right to the owner. If I own a small insurance agency and I'm, well, I'm, I'm working with State Farm. I'm sure they've got all the documentation. I just need to sign off of this. If a hack happens and it's I'm part of it, they're going to come after me, not the bigger insurance Personally, agency. that is correct. As the owner of that agency. And so will that master company, the mother company, like you said, like the mother, Allstate, mm -hmm. will go, well, State Farm right. will come after them as well for liability. So, and actually just... Like what you just said, but the uh, response not only has to be the agent, but it also has to be um, Allstate, as the mother company has to report it as well. But you need to move on this fast. So just signing off and saying, yes, we are, because you really don't know much about it, is not the right way to go. The trick would be to call somebody in 
and just do a quick base assessment because these are small offices they don't make a lot of money you don't need a big full-blown assessment you actually need a very small assessment and that basically will start you down the proper path of getting yourself in where you need to be to be within compliance. Does an assessment, is that part of the regulation? Do I need to get an assessment? They actually spell it out for you in the regulations. There's, I believe there's 14 sections in the regulations and they actually spell it out. One section is in particular where uh, they're suggesting if you don't have somebody in-house bring in bring in a third party and they actually specifically say you need to use a CISO chief information security, chief information officer. security officer that's correct uh, and, but if you're using a third party it's a virtual chief information security officer and so what they actually say is you need to have somebody write your security plan and your security policies and then he signs off on the report and gives it to the owner. Based on that, the owner is going to sign off and say, we are compliant. Here's where the challenge is, and you just have to read the frequently asked questions. Even at that, unless you can prove that you did the due diligence to prove what the CISO gave you was correct, then you still are responsible. There is a section where they want you to abide by uh, NIST, which stands for the National Institute of Standards and Technologies, the NIST Special Publication 853A Rev 4. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's, we'll just call it NIST. And that's what the New York State um, Regulation, I'm sorry, the NYDFS Regulation is based on. They want you to use that. That questionnaire is 1400 questions no small company is going to be able to um, respond to that because it just would cost too much money uh, there is another one that is actually based on the small business company and it's NIST special publication 71724 R1 revision 1 <laughs> again you have to remember all of these uh, numbers and that is based on there's probably only somewhere around 64 questions in there and every single one of them would pertain to a small uh, company small business it sounds a little overwhelming if I'm an insurance agent and I'm com feeling completely lost and overwhelmed with this how can I be compliant without completely blowing the bank the trick here is to build a security plan you may not be compliant the moment I walk in the door but we build a plan to get you compliant over time none of this will be able to be done overnight you need to take your time and that's why the NYDFS actually gave you two years to get this implemented so if you're behind the eight ball we need to try to go as fast as we can but the idea here is NYDFS will take into account if you have a data breach that you are doing the right thing that you did an assessment and you know where your deficiencies are and you have a plan of action to correct them they will take that into, into consideration but a breach is a breach you're a VCISO correct I'm a virtual CISO right okay so I'm an insurance agent I'm freaking out about all these new regulations I call you to come in What's one of the first things you do? The first thing is, as I mentioned, is to make it clear to the owner of the organization 
how much they need to be involved in the process. Just because they don't understand it, they need to be made to understand it. So what NIST did, actually, they actually explained. They ask you the question, and they actually give you what the answer should be, and then they give you suggestions of how to fix it in plain English. So there are actually applications that make this process very fast, uh, so that it doesn't cost a lot of money, because if you did it all by paper, it would be pretty fast. There are tools that you can actually use to do this with. You can't be afraid of this. You need to try to work with it. This is your business. This is your livelihood. And the worst thing that could happen is a breach and you lose all your clients because you had a breach and you had to tell them that you had a breach. So I can't just call you in and say, here, handle this. I'll sign off when you're done. No, that's correct. And to your point, the first thing that does get done is what they call a risk assessment. And what a risk assessment is, is what is valuable to you as the owner of this company that you need to protect from a breach? Your client's data is one of them. So also your employees in your office are also important to protect. So that's all part of a risk assessment. So but that is the first step. How would I know if someone hacked my computer? If unless it's painfully obvious, maybe they can sneak in and we don't know. Is there a way you can protect us that way? So again, without spending a lot of money, the answer to your question is no. I mean, there are huge organizations that are hacked and they don't even know it, but they're sitting there. I was part of a meeting when the FBI came in and said to major law firms in Manhattan, there was over 600 of them. And they said to them, almost every single one of you have hacked. None of us knew it. From a detectability standpoint, it's very difficult unless you already are monitoring your systems and you have what they call a baseline of what's supposed to be functioning on that PC. Is continuing monitoring part of the regulation? <laughs> Correct. So ongoing monitoring of your systems is part of the regulation. Is this something I have to do myself? What is monitoring? So you could have somebody go through your event logs, that's monitoring. And as long as he's writing it down and writing a log, that's monitoring. But there are systems out there and they are getting better, they are getting cheaper for the smaller companies, but they usually are out of range for companies like this. I actually do make a product that actually does, but I, I only specifically look for specific, I'll call them events, and then we alert on them. So, and I'll give you an example. Remote access to a PC should not be happening at two o'clock in the morning. Remote access during the day, on a weekend, you may be doing that. So if something, if remote access happens at two o'clock in the morning, we get an alert, we have to assume something's going on because that is when threat actors have, uh, occur. And to the remote access part of this, that is, the most prevalent way that they spread malware. Interesting. Yes. I realize that I'm really going to need to make sure my insurance agency is compliant, is safe. How much is this going to cost me? So it depends on the size of the organization. Um, 
about 450 to 1500 dollars and again we're talking small companies that's it i'm i'm thinking thousands and thousands of dollars you're you're, you're able to get me compliant for under two thousand dollars you can't get compliant for that that is the assessment part of it and the r and going assessment for one year okay so if i write you a cybersecurity program we come up with a plan of action okay the corrective actions still have to occur and you're probably either going to do them yourself or you're going to hire a third party to do that which most companies do have an IT consultant that they do this with uh, if it's small like uh, just uh, resetting some policy group policies on a machine that is something I can do but that is not part of uh, an assessment so I just create the plan they give it to their IT consultant they do the pieces that need to be fixed I put together my risk assessment plan. I'm working with the, the mothership, so to speak, with Allstate or any of the other. What about the vendors I use? Do, do they need to be compliant as well? <laughs> That's correct. That is this third-party assessment. So just like you said, so Allstate, the mother company, has third parties. That's the agent. They force the regulation down on the on the local agent. Local agent has third parties. They include other insurance companies. That also includes the IT consultant. Anybody that has access or may even view data on your PC, then they need to be compliant. I'm a small company. I've got myself and two employees. How complex will it be to put together a risk assessment? Okay, a risk assessment uh, will take, we come in, we do the risk assessment and we start to break down where you have risk. Where the problem and the time comes in is the amount of equipment that you have, number of users, number of computers. And because what we need to do is look at the vulnerability scan on those PCs to see where vulnerability exists. But not only on the PCs, on a router, your firewall. So if your firewall is not updated, we have to look at that. So it depends on the amount of equipment is how long this will really take because we have to actually analyze it. Not only that, ongoing monitoring is a must. So not only do you need to do the ongoing monitoring, you need to do the due diligence and show and have it recorded and logged that you are actually looking at vulnerability scans, that you are actually looking at logs. That's compliance. Can I have you do that for me? Yes, we do that as an uh, as an outsourced service, uh, and you know we we just set up services where we either get alerts or monitoring. But again, we have automated processes that tell us about the vulnerability scans if it was successful, if not, and then we just download them. It's not that we are remoted to your systems; we get alert, we install them, and then the data goes out to the cloud. If I'm non-compliant now, roughly how long does it take to? get closer to compliance it could be very fast it really depends where you are uh, it depends how many things need to be corrected sometimes it could take nine months sometimes it could take two weeks so you come in you do a risk assessment you make sure I'm compliant with the uh, New York DFS regulations will you also help train my staff to make sure that they're doing what needs to be doing in order to keep my yes. data safe so awareness training is the number one defense against 
malware and actually ransomware all of it so actually almost 93 percent of all attacks happen because of email where somebody clicked on a pdf or they clicked on a link went to a website so that's awareness training make people aware and so yes i do that based off of what i find and a quick example is you walk into a small agency and you may see the, the lead assistant with papers with somebody's name written on it and a phone number that's actually a violation right there when i walk in when somebody walks into that front office that paper needs to be turned over and that's part of the training and again, it's not that you're making somebody look bad. How do they know if they were never told? So the idea there is awareness. And that, that's really what it's all about. If I get hit with a ransomware attack, is that something I need to report to, to DFS? Beyond a shadow of a doubt. This is when the forensics come in. Because just because you had a ransomware attack doesn't mean the hackers got your data. So the answer there, that's where the forensics come in, that's where the logging comes in, that's where the ongoing monitoring comes in, because there may be something in an event log that you didn't catch that will say what happened. So you could also help make sure our computers are as safe as possible with the latest updates to Windows or whatever the other operating systems we're working on. And so it's not just the process, it's also some of the actual hard mechanics. That's correct. And so when we finally do the risk assessment and the security assessment, we will give you a report of where you have deficiencies and then suggest how to correct them. So what are some of the other things that I need to be compliant with this particular regulation? We talked about risk assessment. We talked about third-party risk management. What other the parts third of this? third-party assessments are probably the hardest and piece that actually takes the longest depending on how many third parties you have. There are some companies that have no third parties. There are some companies, insurance agencies, that use a lot of other insurance companies and there could be hundreds. That's where the problem comes in and that's where the time comes in. Because not only do you need to get that certification letter that we talked about, is you need to log it. And you need to say, yes, they're compliant based on what they told me. Roughly how long does this take? If I bring you into, can you come in for a week and let's have everything done? Yes. Uh, you know, if you think about the amount of money I said it was going to cost, you know, if you think about it, that that's clearly maybe uh, two to three, four days, something like that. But again, it depends on the size of the company. But yes, you could, if they're compliant from a risk assessment standpoint, and it's just yes, 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 show me the documentation, we're done. It's very fast. If it's not, it actually could go pretty fast, but then the plan is long to get it corrected. And then you come back, once they have corrected something, you come back, you do another assessment, and then they give them another report to say what their level is. Is backing up files part of the regulation? Yes, so part of the regulation is to have a backup. It's what they call a security policy. It's one of the security codes called disaster recovery, business continuity policies. So yes, do you see any changes to this regulation coming down the pike? Uh, what I've heard is that it's actually going to become more stringent to the fact that they have these exemptions at certain levels. That's going to get lowered. Uh, one of the things we did not see is, I'd never mentioned accountants, 
I did actually read an article about how they were going to include accountants because accountants do register with MIDFS. And, and to me, well, look at that. It, accountants have more uh, social security numbers than anybody else I know. So uh, that's, that's what I, it's just going to get more stringent. That doesn't mean it gets harder because mostly everything you should be doing anyway. You really, really need to be doing this stuff. I signed off and said, yeah, I've done everything even though I haven't. And now I'm realizing that this may have been a horrible mistake. How can I fix this? The only way to fix it is to just go forward with an assessment and start doing the right thing. Bring in a third party to get it done as fast as possible. There is no going back once you sign the document and sent it in. The only thing to do is move forward and do the right thing. The companies that are just signing off and not doing nothing you are going to get hurt. Most companies have been hacked. Your data has already been exfiltrated. That doesn't mean you're going to get caught, but someday you will. And it's going to, what's going to happen is somebody's social security number is going to get used and then it's going to get traced back how it got on the dark web and that is how they're going to trace it right back to your company. And so that's why it just only makes sense to start securing. Just so you know, having a cybersecurity plan in place and doing everything by the book, it simply takes somebody to click on the wrong link. And everything you did is for naught. But that doesn't mean you don't do it. That's where the awareness training and you minimize the amount of exposure that you have. I can't express enough about the awareness training. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm just trying to imagine being an insurance agency with like two or three people there and then suddenly this massive wave of techno babble come the state comes in. It's got to be very unnerving. They have they have been ignoring it and like like we mentioned, you know, some of them is monetary that they just sign off on it or some of them just don't understand it. Mm -hmm. But that's no longer an excuse. And that, that's where the problem comes in. It's no longer an excuse because your client data gets out there, that's it. You yeah. might as well just close up. That's really what'll happen. You know, because you're a small company. How can you come out of that based on the uh, just the fines? It's not the corporation. People think the corporation's gonna protect them. It does not. How can people reach you if they want to set up an appointment for a risk assessment? My phone number is 646-206-7857. The best way is an email, tnos, T-N-O-H-S, at datasoftnow.com, or one word. What's your website? www.datasoftnow.com. Thank you very much for this very important information. Thank you very much, Meryl. Thank you for listening to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the Long Island Professional Network and produced by Smith Douglas Associates. To learn more about the LIPN, visit our website at lipn.org or join our meetup under Long Island Professional Network.